Ohio, konnichiwa, konbanwa, whatever time of day you're listening to this. This episode, we have a special guest all the way from Japan. We'd like to welcome Taya from For the Love of History podcast. Hello. Ohayozaimasu, konnichiwa, and konbanwa to you too. Thank you very much for joining us on this episode. Very excited to be talking about all things Japan related. Yes, me too. I love Japan. That's why I moved here. So, <laughs> yeah. you're from a little island, not in the mainland of like Tokyo or anything. So I'm in the southwest westish part of the banana that is Japan. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I live on an island called Shikoku, and it, it's a pretty big island. It's not like a teeny tiny one. Yeah. And the prefecture that I live in is called Ehime. Any cultural hotspots in there? Is there anything? What kind of things have we got going there for so, people who wanted to visit? Yeah, for people who want to visit, we have something called Dogo Hot Spring, and it is the oldest hot spring in all of Japan. It's like over 2,000 years old. It used to be the Imperial Hot Spring. Like there's a whole room that nobody's allowed to go into because the emperor and his family comes, but they haven't come since like the 90s. So... <laughs> 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 yeah, so we've got Dogo Hot Spring. For any poetry enthusiasts, the city that I live in, which is Matsuyama, is the haiku capital of Japan. So we've got a lot of haiku tourism, um, and we have one of the last 12 original castles in Japan called Matsuyama-jo, Matsuyama Castle. So that's really cool. We've got a couple little spots here. That's really cool. Uh, so mm -hmm. we'd, we'd been to a fair few like temples and stuff. And mm -hmm. when we'd been to our trip out to Japan and yeah, that was, was really nice to take in the culture that's so mm -hmm. vastly different from what we're used to here in the UK. <laughs> it certainly is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for the temple lovers, we actually have a, um, something called the Shikoku Ohenro, which is a pilgrimage of 88 temples. So people go walking for like, months. It's, I think it takes three months to do the whole thing walking. But if you don't have three months to spend, you can also get on a bus and do it in like two days. So <laughs> <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> uh, where are you from originally, Taya? So I am originally from Kansas, but my dad was in the military. So we moved around a lot. So I, I've never spent more than five years in any one place. Straight away, I was thinking of Dorothy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My whole life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So born in Kansas, me, Dorothy, the tornadoes. Then I moved to Nebraska and then Virginia. And I spent about four years in Germany moved to little old Idaho and now I'm here in Japan. Amazing. And what was the reason for moving to Japan? Was there any particular calling for that? Yeah. So in university, I studied teacher education. So I was going to be a teacher and we had to choose an emphasis. So I chose Japanese history. I loved it. Everything about it, it was so fascinating. And uh, after I graduated, I was a long-term sub for a year. I was offered a permanent position at the school and I had like a little bit of an existential crisis. Like, no, is this going to be my whole life forever? <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> so then I Googled like, how can I live and work in Japan? <laughs> and then the job that I'm at now uh, popped up on the Google and I applied for it. Two months later, sold my car, sold all the stuff in my house, packed my life into two suitcases and came to Japan, not speaking any Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> very, very brave. Yes. I 
don't think I have that oomph to be thinking I could go somewhere and have two suitcases, not speak the language, not know anybody as well. So leave all your family and then be completely on your own. It is massively brave to want to do something like that. I, I'd be probably in my hotel, be like, I'm all on my own. I know I had a little bit of jet lag when we went to Japan. Mm. Funny story. You're going to love this. I think I had a little mini meltdown. Didn't I? Uh In in Osaka (laughs) when we were landed. Yeah. A, we'd been on, I think it was like a nine hour and then something else was it. Mm. Because we went to Hong Kong airport. And then I think we then got on and it was a three hour, was it or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. Mm. So aeroplane food, not the greatest. We weren't in like fancy business yeah. class or anything like that. Then we got stung by a taxi driver because they are ridiculously priced, priced, aren't they? <laughs> they are truly though. Yeah, Cause mainly because we were kind of like, well, we, you know, we've got to meet the group at certain times. It's like, well, we don't know where we're going. So let's just go taxi. Right. And then it was a long, long drive to where it was um, for the hotel. So looking at the the gauge going oh jesus is crying this is creeping up creeping up creeping up and it's like half the money that we'd got was like already handed over we've been here five minutes yeah <laughs> so i felt like i'd been stung by a taxi driver so then we were like we're not getting taxis whatsoever in japan no. <laughs> no. there's so many other transportation which is a hell of a lot cheaper so much cheaper yeah <laughs> and then the shock factor for me was when we got into the hotel it was lovely mm. But the room was so small. I was like, oh my goodness. And then I didn't think there was a kettle because I needed tea. Yeah, I think that was the breaking point for you. I was thinking, oh my God, I can't make a cup of tea. Where's my kettle? But then I was like, oh no, look in this cupboard, here it is. But there was no milk. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There was no milk. And that. No milk and sugar. Mm -hmm. No. And it tipped me. (laughs) Oh no. No. Your very British breaking point. <laughs> yeah. 100%. I was like, where's my cup of tea? And then I think the toilet confused me as well. There's so many buttons. Once I fathomed how to make the, the toilet seat warm up. Like, <laughs> bliss that was. Yeah. It was lovely. <laughs> That's the reason I've been here for so long. It's the heated toilet seats. <laughs> it's amazing. I don't know why we haven't got this yet in the UK. We're missing a trick here. Definitely, right? yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, good. It's wonderful. Oh. oh, I'm so sorry for your mini meltdown. <laughs> oh, we enjoyed the rest of the trip, though. So we did. It's okay, yeah. I got used to it then, didn't I? And it was yeah. fine. I, I think I just that suitcase near enough took up the full room. But we enjoyed the trip. It was amazing, oh, yeah. and we definitely. I think we try and recreate little Japanese moments at home now. Yeah, try and recreate the food and things and just like anything to relate to like what like when we see like programs on on TV where we're like, oh, we've been there or that oh, kind yeah. of stuff. And it's like, yeah, oh, this is so amazing. So we actually were quite lucky, weren't we? You've educated me a lot because I'm, I'm really bad. I hadn't got Japan on my radar until you probably came along into my life. Oh. I am a little bit of a person who's needs definitely educating in things I'm quite I think I grew up on chick flicks because it was just me my mum and my sister so we didn't really have a man in the household for that long so we did actually have a chance to go to the studio Ghibli Museum when we were in Japan that was on the like the tick list to what we do was like and but that was a bit of a faff getting tickets for that it wasn't particularly easy so we no. had to do. So we had to do the. We couldn't just. I know you have to do it in way in advance for just the tickets. But we actually. Yeah, the month. Yeah, mm-hmm. we had to wangle it so that we could do the the tickets and then have like a another tour guide as part of the package. <laughs> but that was quite a nice experience anyway to see things where they're inspired by the Ghibli. You know, like Bathhouse yeah. and Spirited Away was one of the things where it sort of like a hotel that was very much inspired, and we got a free lunch there essentially, Lovely. which was really nice. Oh, I'm so jealous. Can I go off on a little bit of a tangent about the Ghibli Museum? Yeah. So my friends, three years ago, they took me on a surprise. I'm a diehard Ghibli fan. Mm -hmm. Love it. And uh, they, their plan was to take me to the Ghibli Museum and to take me to Tokyo Disneyland. uh, Because I also love, I I love Disney, but not as much as Ghibli. Um, (laughs) So they, like a month in advance, they bought the tickets, but already like within 20 minutes, the tickets were sold out. So the only tickets that were available were the tickets on the same day that we were flying into the area. I know. And so 
if we timed everything correctly and like booked it suitcases and all we would make it to the museum with 30 minutes to spare like before oh, it closed so that's what we did we like uh, they were we were on the plane and they were like taya this is where we're going and i was like Whoa! i cried i was so uh-huh. happy and they were like, but listen to this. Like you, like we can only spend 30 minutes there. I was like, okay, we're going to do our best. Yeah. And we hauled, but can I curse? Oh, yeah, of course you can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we hauled ass, like going to the museum. And we, we somehow like we're going around the back. And I was like, it's closed. Like bawling my eyes out. Like, oh, it's closed. Like I can't go. Oh my God. All my dreams are ruined. And then there was a worker there who was like, oh, do you need to get in? And we were like, yes. And we got in. Like I saw the entrance immediately. More tears. Just a blubbering mess. And then my my two friends were like, Taya, just just go, just enjoy. And they were like two very worn out parents sitting on a bench, just like going like this while I frolicked through the museum for like 30 minutes. Amazing. It was the greatest. So that was my 30 minute tour of the museum. Oh, bless you. <laughs> it is quite big though, isn't it? So I can imagine you like literally having to run around yeah, this like museum. <laughs> Literally running around and like yelling at my friends from across the way, like I'm having so much fun. <laughs> it is absolutely amazing. Is it? I don't know really what I anticipated when I went, but it does feel like that magical kind of essence to it when you're walking up, you see Totoro in the ticket booth, <laughs> and you get like a little ticket, don't you? They replace your ticket. With a yeah. little film cell, which is mm-hmm. like really cool. I think a novel idea of like, just like a, a box on the ticket. It's like, oh, it's like a little keepsake of like a still of the, from one of the films. It's like amazing. Yeah, it's so cool. I think the one that I got was the new short film that came out about the caterpillar. I'm trying to think, of, did oh. I get Kiki's delivery uh, I service? Think I think I did, and you were. Bit... Yeah, I got the. Um, I think <laughs> it was. <laughs> Um, I think I got when Marnie was there, which I don't think I'd seen that film as yet. So it's kind of like, I, I don't know what this is from. Oh my God, that is yeah. awesome. <laughs> You got this freaking caterpillar. You guys got Kiki and when Marnie uh-huh. was there. Oh my God. Yeah. I think that little caterpillar was, we went on the, the tour bus was like the museum where that was inspired by for the park. I think it was. Um, I, think, I think I can show you the pen I got from there as well. yeah so um yeah uh, there was quite a nice little thing i thought i've got to get got that it's studio ghibli so yeah yeah we bought quite a bit didn't we from there as well i loved the shop it was so crammed when we went there wasn't because obviously there was a tour guide for us and i think there was other tours as well so the shop Mm. was you probably with the rules of covid now it would be amazing because you could actually get to see everything leisurely go in there yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's the only thing that is good about covid isn't it that you do have more space like instead of being crammed into a shop because we were we wanted to buy the entire shop that's one of our things oh yeah Yeah. i feel you so hard yeah it was amazing i actually bought my mum a little ponyo (laughs) plushie wasn't it it was so cute because she's actually i think that's the only one my mum's seen and my sister's seen to totoro yeah so i ended up having to get her one of those the little little white one yeah yeah the little white one because she loved the little white one (laughs) i don't know why (laughs) i know i picked up um a couple of the soundtracks because i'm very big on the music and especially want the ghibli soundtrack Oh, right, um, thankfully one of the because i was like it's there for quite a while like i'm deciding like because what's the difference between this one and this one and thankfully one of the, the staff members came along and said um can i, can I help you I said yeah um, i don't know what the difference is between these two cds and she said mm-hmm. oh yeah one's more of the actual score by joe satashi i could be can that completely wrong the actual person who does the scores for most of the ghibli stuff and the other one was more like a apparently like a kid sing along version or something. So I was like, well, thank goodness you were here to help me out because I would have probably picked the wrong one. You would have been so pissed when you got home. Yeah, <laughs> most certainly would have been. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. So I've reached out to you really 
from your episode that you did on your podcast regarding yokai and yeah. also the one the one about the um the tanuki yeah so the legend in in uh, japan so and i said would you like to do an episode focusing on one of the ghibli films and when you brought up pompoko mm-hmm. mainly because you said that uh, that was sort of like a legend on your where you're from in shikoku yeah. is, is a, yeah. a big prefecture of where that sort of most famous for for being mm-hmm. part of isn't it yeah so i thought well this would be a pretty good one to talk to you about because yeah. uh, you might have more inside knowledge on more of the legend than we might particularly do and you as you've also stated that you love ghibli films anyway so i thought that'd be the choice so i'm a die fan and i love ghibli so much <laughs> <laughs> we actually missed a trick here while we were in japan actually to be fair to us i okay. saw well the raccoons aren't there i thought it was a bear initially <gasps> we saw little statues the one you know the one with the 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 quite largest ones with the hat and the is it like the the sake bottle or something yeah the japanese yeah we we didn't actually ask our tour guide about it but um it didn't actually get a chance to say it but we saw them all over the place and thinking what is this thing is it some sort of like mascot of some kind or (laughs) kind of so the tanuki that you see all around they're actually good luck for merchants so there's they're outside of lots of restaurants lots of shops and Mm -hmm. things like that and they're actually there to tell other tanuki not to come and trick the shop owner because in the folklore legends what tanuki would do because they can shape shift themselves and anything else so what they would do is turn leaves into coins and then pay the merchants with those coin leaves. And then once they got their goods, usually alcohol or food, <laughs> then they would just leave. And once they left, the coins would turn back into leaves. So the merchants put the tanuki outside of their shops to tell the other tanuki, like, hey, we already have a tanuki. Like, we're cool with you guys. Like, don't come. Okay. Yeah, isn't yeah. that cute? That's yeah, really cute. cute. We really missed that trick, didn't we? Not yeah, knowing we did have no idea. Um, but now when you were just mentioning coins and leaves, you actually did a little bit of research, and I'm obsessed with Animal Crossing. I love it to bits. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you're a, a big fan of that as well. Have you played I it? I know from my students. My students are all a big fan. It's called Dobutsu no Mori here in Japan, mm-hmm. which means animal forest. Um, my kids talk about it all the time and Tom, Tom Nook, yes. the character, yeah. yeah, he's, um, he's a Tanuki. I only found out about this last night and I've been playing Animal Crossing for ages. And when we put the film on and you did some research, didn't you? And yeah. you were like, actually, this is linking quite closely like with the leaves. Cause when you place an items down in the shop from the shop of when you buy from him, they start off as a little leave icon and then when you place the item down it turns into that item furniture, furniture or whatever yeah. so it's like yeah so obviously the, yeah it's very much a, a strong thing within the japanese culture for that kind of thing so yeah. that, that translates to the games as well for that so yeah 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 but i'm gonna say i'm not i mean the first time i saw pompoko was years and years ago so i i, I don't know why i don't remember a great deal about it from thing i think it was really because I, I got it f- like borrowed a friend's dvd of it and mm-hmm. it probably wasn't that particularly good quality i didn't really sit well with me from what i recall i don't think i even watched it all the way through to be honest i'm sorry to say but i wasn't too, wasn't too big at, as, as a fan as i am now of the ghibli series and, and films mm-hmm. so i thought well this would be a good, a good interesting to know about like obviously with a more adult mind as well mm. to see like how the story plays out properly and be more intrigued. And I think I watched it with English dub anyway, I think. So I mean, watch <laughs> the time with the Japanese subtitles. Uh, and that's subtitles. the way to watch yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. It hundred yeah. percent is. I've noticed for me when I initially, I used to hate anything with subtitles uh, in black and white. I was really like color girl speaking English. And then actually now it's weird when, it is the English dub. It just sounds really strange. It doesn't sound... It comes across odd, yeah. 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 We... I don't like it. So right. it's about 10 minutes within to the film. 
is my best part then because like initially I'm actually realizing I'm reading I, I don't know if you mm-hmm. like yeah, that. yeah yeah and then mm-hmm. you get into that zone of then and it that switches off and you're kind of just watching the film but still it's understanding it and I yeah exactly the magic part mm-hmm. comes out so it was quite interesting because I've never actually seen this film mm-hmm. so we are big Studio Ghibli fans but I think the more that I love Totoro he's and Ponyo um the Spirited Away yeah more of kind of that so this one's a little bit not as cutesy I would say yeah, yeah. being a different director entirely anyway rather than Miyazaki really being the front runner of it it was Isao Taka, Isao Taka. Taka yeah mm-hmm. it was the director of this who also his first film was Grave of the Fireflies now, Sophie hasn't seen that, but that's very quite sad, ha- quite heartbreaking. Oh, don't then don't make me watch it because I will cry my eyes out. Yeah, oh, it was quite hard in that one. I, I admit. He also did only yesterday. We've seen that one. That's the one with the the woman who goes to obviously work in like the rice fields or wherever it is in the countryside. Also a heart wrencher. <laughs> yeah, it was quite a nice ending on on that one. I I do remember that was quite quite a touching. Mm. Um, my neighbor, the Yamadas, which is that one, oh. you know, like this almost like this little short sketches with all the the family, and that was quite a novel take on that from the normal Ghibli stuff. So that was mm. quite a, yeah. nice. But I think my favorite one of his is the tale of Princess Kaguya. I probably mm-hmm. said that right as well. That the, mm-hmm. you know, the one that was the very much the one that was basically was a seed, wasn't she? She was born from a seed and then she grew up she was born from a bamboo plant That's so it, yeah, a, little, yeah. a little bamboo plant yeah. and she like popped out she did i love that i actually bought that for you because he, he normally puts ghibli films down that like you want for like christmas or birthday mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. me being very selfish was reading the back of them thinking hmm what which one would i enjoy to watch as well <laughs> <laughs> and i was like i think that was the first one i actually bought you yeah which was like oh this sounds really really nice and i like the concept behind it it that was, was really nice artistic style on that one, particularly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful one, and it's a pretty common folk tale here in Japan. So we get to the art style on this one. It's it's more or less like the traditional Ghibli style of everything, but it's obviously got something very unique in terms of the the content of the characters that we have, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> that is, uh, that would be the balls. Yeah. Uh, if I'm yes. going to be frank here. <laughs> I thought this was such a strange concept. I was like, I'm sure children will be watching this. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, yes. But that's the thing. So that is, that's the legend of the Tanuki. You cannot have Tanuki without malleable, weirdly large testicles. <laughs> that's the nature of Tanuki. And that they are able to not only shapeshift their bodies, but they can make their scrotum turn into anything, like a human's face. They can make it an umbrella. They can make it a whole like takoyaki stand. Anything <laughs> that they want to make, they can. And it it's just the large testicles and the tanuki go hand in hand and you just you can't have one without the other and it's a a normal part of the tanuki legend and folklore here in japan so it's kind of like it is funny like you know kids laugh at it like ha 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 kintama which is the name for testicle in japanese or testicles not just the one So it is like, it is funny and kids do watch it, but it's not, it's not really a big deal. I was quite surprised initially, like the concept behind it. I was like, that seems like a really bizarre thing to like kind of create. And who came up with that idea? Was it a man? Because it's a kind of thing would they, is that what they want? But then wouldn't it be painful? Like if- (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. As a a male, I would, I would find that a bit- it's hard to <laughs> grasp on like why am I doing this kind of thing but uh, yeah I guess it doesn't hurt them because obviously they're not going in the film and not going like oh this this is painful or anything like that. it's like an elastic band isn't yeah, it yeah. a thing that you can just pull it's just, it's just they, I don't know how it moves the way it moves but it does and it doesn't hurt them and the legend of yokai like so a tanuki is a yokai which is just a, a blanket term for monsters and ghosts and fairies and things like that in Japanese folklore and 
the Tanuki has been around for hundreds of years. And the stories of yokai were actually local legends. And then there was this one guy, I forgot his name, and he collected all of the legends together and made a book for people to enjoy and not just have it as an oral tradition. So whoever made it has been lost to history. Why did this person give them giant balls? No one will ever know. <laughs> it's just going to be one of those mythical things. Nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Who made the Easter Island heads? Yeah. Why do you think you have yeah. giant balls? balls? Like that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However, they are quite cute, actually. They I mean, are so cute, aren't they? They definitely are, and they have different transformations as well. So, for example, you've got them, obviously, as their rare form, like, looking like a raccoon. Is that the more traditional way of... Is I mean, that's based on a real, actual... Is it, are they called Tanuki as a real animal, or are they, are they just, yeah. like, just raccoon? But that's what they are. So, they are... There's an actual animal here in Japan called a Tanuki, yeah. and it's not related to raccoons at Ooh. all. It's right. more closely related to the dog. So oh, you like? Oh, Sophie said it was, was a, a, a bear. A bear? You know, as, as, as the yeah. as the actual t- uh, the yokai ver- is that the, the yokai version of the mm-hmm. tanuki. Yeah, I mean, the closer than a raccoon. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's the tail, isn't it? But I guess. But they do, yeah, they do. In especially seeing them in the film, they do as their animalistic form. They do look mm-hmm. very much like a big raccoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. Us, they do. But obviously, yeah. I guess that's because. We wouldn't know yeah. fully what they actually are. Uh, but initially when they stood up, I think that kind of animated. Yeah, then they transform into their more humanistic, anthropomorphic, should I say, yeah. form of them. And then there's there's also the, that transformation when a bit, I guess when they're a bit more laxy-daisy, where they're very much simplified and they're very like, almost like paler brown. And they're kind of like, the eyes are going like super exaggerated, like happy and right. stuff as well. Is that, is that, do you think that's more of a, a thing just more like when they're more relaxed or is that, I don't know, for stylistic choice, that there'd be a reason behind that at all, or I don't know. There actually is. So Tanuki, like the first depictions of Tanuki um, come from something called the ukiyo-e, which is woodblock printing. Like yeah. I'm sure that you've seen like that wave yeah. picture. Yes, yes. That's woodblock. And the first Tanuki pictures were made from that kind of art form. And they were very much more like their animalistic, like their faces looked more like the real Tanuki, but their bodies were definitely humanoid. Right. And then in the very early, I think it was the 1920s or 30s, I cannot remember, there was a man who was a sculptor. He was a potter in Yamaguchi Prefecture, I'm pretty sure. I cannot remember. It's all in my Tanuki episode podcast. Yeah, yeah. So if you're interested, to make sure to that. check that out, everybody. Yeah, it's really yeah. I'm learning so much here, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad. The teacher yeah. in me is happy right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, there was a man who the emperor was coming to his town and he was like, oh man, like I got to find something cool to impress the emperor. And he decided to make hundreds of Tanuki statues in that very much like chibi stylized, big eyes, like happy smile style. And he lined them up on the bridge and the emperor was like, yes, love this. I got the stamp of approval. And from then on, that, that's how Tanuki have been depicted. The yokai Tanuki. Yeah. 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 Right, got you. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It's fascinating this is. It's so much history revolving around something that is kind of looking to be a little bit more simplistic of a way of educating somebody, somebody yeah. in a film. Because I imagine for like Westerners been quite a tricky thing to get a grasp on really i think um obviously for the people in japan that would be like very well known kind of thing of like, like the history, past yeah, it, history yeah. almost history yeah whereas exactly. for us it, be, it might especially with the fact of raccoons with big testicles it'll be like is what what tone am i go- <laughs> is, is this coming across as is, is this a bit of a joke or thing or some of the the facts of like the history of it and like behind it that might be a bit confusing for some people but so this is why i wanted to see it Again, after so many years of trying to be sort of, I guess, off put because of the 
the testicle things perhaps right. back in the day <laughs> so, make you feel uncomfortable <laughs> i don't know i think was, i couldn't maybe couldn't take it that seriously perhaps i don't know uh, i was like oh, forget this this isn't the normal jubilee i sort of know really mm-hmm. so with with seeing this i kind of like right okay let's just focus on this i'm a bit more a bit more of an adult in yeah. marks, <laughs> and, and get a more understanding about the whole history of it and now we, when we'd been to japan last year so now this we can understand things a bit more so it's quite interesting to to get uh, a grasp on on things but i guess the main focus of the story if if there is one because it's kind of does jump over the place a little bit mm-hmm. is is really to do with the whole like construction taking over the countryside yeah. that kind of thing like environmentally factual of of, of trying to save the environment save the environment basically mm-hmm. and there the tanuki are trying to stop the the humans from overtaking their hill their yeah. land yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think it does kind of make you feel for any animal when i watched it i'm quite a bit of a softy so it's like seeing anything kind of being torn away from its home i'm like oh no and i can understand why they want to fight and why they actually really have a bit of a hatred towards these humans that are just coming in and taking over and I think that's the bit where it got to me a little bit and I was like no just let them have their land it's their space they were there first stop building yeah (laughs) and that's that's everywhere in the world it's not just Japan it's literally everywhere us humans just stomp along think it's all ours (laughs) and take over and sure it's the little raccoons' faces, like so. Some of them can't actually transform, can they? Either so, they're actually losing their home. Yeah, and got- in the in the movie, the ones who stay in their more like animalistic, more on, honestly more detailed form. Yeah, they are the ones who have lost their ability to shape shift. They no mm-hmm. longer are able to do the things that Tanuki are s- supposed to be able to do yeah. because of all of the industrialization and the people moving. And not only that, but during the early nineties in Japan, there was such a Westernization crate. Like it was a huge boom of Westernization. Mm-hmm. So it was half an allegory for saving the environment, but also saving Japanese culture Mm -hmm. and not forgetting the folklore and the legends and things like that. Yeah, definitely got that sense of purpose throughout the the film as well. Mm -hmm. One of the earlier shots, obviously, when it's talking about the industrialization of Mm -hmm. the countryside, there's, I do like the imagery of, you got that thing with the, the, the digger like plowing into the hill mound yeah. Um, destroying the wilderness and then immediately replacing it with the, the housing thing so it's quite like a large scale of that happening taking over and also there was like a, a thing where they're, they're on a leaf and then the, all the little bulldozers and everything all on top of it, eating away at the leaf to show that the industrial thing is moving in on the nature the beauty of the nature that is yeah. the, the countryside and everything it's kind of like yeah yeah i can see what you're going for here right off the yeah. bat and but then obviously the, what Sophie said about the you know like the tanuki were you know, hating the humans and everything mm-hmm. although there's the, that contrast with them they do need they feel like they do need the humans as well because obviously they need the need to get the food from somewhere you know, yeah and, the, and, the, and as they are anthropomorphized they they do quite often often say like oh like oh the tofu or uh, tempura sorry that was yeah, you know, one of the things that they, they really like oh and then they're almost drooling over it so they they do still need the humans at the same time so it's kind of right. like getting that balance between coexisting with one another but uh, yeah it's quite a sad fact that the, the amount of houses that keep getting built over and things like kind of incrementally destroying what's left of nature and it's just not looking that pleasant anymore and that goes yeah. for everywhere it's a really like heavy children's movie <laughs> yeah. like yeah we've got like raccoons with big old balls but also we have like the dying ecosystem yeah, yeah. <laughs> it definitely is educational with the piece that it has because it kind of gives you the thought of obviously the environment and the safety of animals and obviously the population and the human greed of always wanting more but then it also yeah. has one of those where it kind of has a light-hearted side to it and I think it's good in that sense but I did feel at the end I was 
struggling a little bit at the beginning to understand the concept but now kind of getting clarification on the traditions and everything like that that makes it more understandable and kind of makes you want to love it even more and um, yeah I think that's for us the context behind it I think we really really value that so thank you so much for letting us understand it <laughs> no problem. I feel like everybody should get like there should be like a short cultural history thing before like bumpuckle like before people watch it they need to watch this 15 minute history thing yeah. really quick to understand the rest of yeah. the movie yeah. yeah I know they do try and do that at the start of thing but it might still be difficult for some people to get a, a complete grasp like a, yeah. a length of the time but the, the film tries to pan it out with throughout this story it's quite a long film but I think I, I don't know if well you think Taya, whether two hours is is too long or it could be an hour and a half in terms of length or and that would still right. start with him story I'm a big fan of a long movie I love a long movie I feel like cheated when I have when a when a movie is only an hour and a half, I'm like, excuse me, I think we're quite similar because I hate a movie that doesn't give me the full completion. So like if mm -hmm. it leaves me wanting more or hangs me on a cliffhanger and I'm like having to decide my own decisions, I'm really, really poor at making my own decisions. So I hate that because it's like, well, there could be so many other options and my head will literally just create so many other stories of how it could end so for me with this I think for the two hours it was lengthy but I think if I, I would definitely want to re-watch it again knowing what I know now mm -hmm. and I think I'd grow a love of the idea of when we were in Japan seeing the tanukis outside the merchant's shops and understanding that realizing why they were there and the mischief right. behind them because yeah. I think mm -hmm. they are quite mischievous the way that they um, shape shift and mm -hmm. it's that kind of vividness so we actually noticed in the shape shifting part in the yeah. parade I don't know if before they obviously that big thing where they do the big parade and everything for all the people yeah the yokai parade yeah. yeah yeah did you I don't know if you noticed there was um, a couple of kind of like skimming through and there was like a couple of screenshots of when they're in the sky, all the things going on in the sky transformations. And there was mm -hmm. a couple of uh, Easter eggs or cameos of other Ghibli films in there. Don't know if you know. No, I didn't know. All right. Okay. <laughs> no. So we, so there might've been more, but we noticed three particular ones. There was a, a Kiki on a broom flying past. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Porco Rosso in his plane. What? <laughs> no. uh, and then there was Totoro. Uh, on his umbrella. Uh, oh, it's oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. That's amazing. Yeah. It was me, wasn't it? I was like, I'm pretty sure I've just seen Kiki like literally fly on a broom. And I was like, what? and then you were like, what? And so then we went, we can't, you have to slowly then go back like yeah. through it to see because it, it is so much going on in that kind that of sequence, scene. Yeah. yeah, where it's like everything's flying okay, in right. and it is quite hectic, but. Yeah. Yeah. And the skimming through, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Because I'd seen Totoro at that point, but you point out Keegan, like, what? Yeah. Like, thinking, oh, maybe just, yeah, no, so there's probably, like, maybe a couple of other things we didn't even see, but interesting, yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like I need to go back and, like, re rewatch it. Again. <laughs> re rewatch, yeah. Just that one just the yokai parade. Yeah. <laughs> but that whole sequence, anyway, was fantastic. The visuals on that, that was really because they were this uh, this film allowed a lot of creativity i suppose with obviously the, the malleable testicles transformed right. in whatever they want and the people and all that stuff so there's a lot of creativity behind all that and that parade mm -hmm. was just amazing it's like I would, i'd love to actually be a person in that parade and watching all these right. effects going on it'd be so cool me too i mean that level of creativity is just par for the course for ghibli movies like yeah. there is just creativity and they pull inspiration from so many different places it's just wonderful and and japanese history and folklore has such a long deep like rich history i'm a little bit biased because i love it so much yeah. but it's just one of the i think one of the best pools of creativity that there is like pools of inspiration i mean it's fantastic i love it <laughs> It's actually brilliant. I don't, I feel like I've missed out for quite a while. So with you kind of coming along and bringing this into me, like 
I would have probably not looked at this if you hadn't done. And I think mm-hmm. that would be something that a lot of people probably yeah. are missing out on. And it's like, so I hope by us either recovered, is this our second Ghibli one? Because we did Kiki's edition, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, and that we've recorded. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. obviously we've watched, you should see this. <laughs> yeah, I've got a shelf full of, a the, shelf full. Most of the Ghibli's, yeah. So, <laughs> <Wonderful>. yeah. <laughs> well, we do hope obviously from us talking about it that, people you know get past the you know spirited away and mm. ponyo and um totoro as well you know there are other films within the franchise uh, not the franchise the collective umbrella of ghibli that you know explore this one because it's quite a good in its message and it's something obviously it's different we might put people off a little bit but it's yeah. it's very much in the, the the folklore culture as you've just described mm. so quite important yeah yeah i really actually enjoyed the ending but I felt really kind of a bit of remorse so like obviously you've got where they're gonna have to then transform into humans and you can see the kind of strain on them like they don't want to be some of yeah some of them have to do just to get by almost like to live really yeah. that's the sad thing because it's like well they're not meant to be that that that's yeah they're having to conform into to be like get with the times man you know like you've <laughs> got to be you've got to be this or you you know you end up falling behind so it's quite sad in that respect and well obviously like earlier on when in the film when they're because obviously it's draining a lot of their power to yeah. transform they're having to keep drink energy drinks which is obviously a human <laughs> product that <laughs> manufactured by humans to, to maintain to be human it's quite a funnier thing because otherwise they'll get the black eyes that can like give away that they're going to be transforming back into their normal selves i so. think that's why right. raccoons because obviously they have the black kind of eyes underneath so that's where i think yeah. I initially thought the raccoons but it's actually because of like any human if they're really tired you'll get like the bags underneath yeah, your yeah, eyes yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i'm really bad for them i know i need like eight hours sleep or i'm i can get really really sleep deprived i can yeah. get really really cranky <laughs> same same <laughs> Thank God for concealer underneath my eyes because sometimes <laughs> I need it hard. <laughs> there was another thing I noticed, which is kind of funny. You probably know because living in Japan, there was like a crossover of two convenience stores in the name <gasps> called Family Eleven. I think there was a shot when one of the policemen <laughs> run into the shop, and it's like it's, I guess that's a cross between Family Mart and Seven Eleven. In the yes, yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. obviously. For, for not copyright purposes, I think, yeah. yeah exactly. They have to be real careful. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's actually funny because, um, so have you, I don't know if you guys have seen Your Name or Kimi no Nawa. Yes, yes with yeah, Your yeah. Name. Yeah, that's a very, very good film. Yes. So good. It's, it's not a Ghibli film, but there is some very, if you live in Japan, there is some blatant product placement in there. There is a coffee com- uh, brand called Boss here. Yes. And it, I, you guys probably saw it when you were here. And uh, usually there is like the Family 11 or something like that so that people don't get, you know, the yeah. copyright infringement. Mm-hmm. But uh, I Googled it and apparently Boss paid like a ton of money to be featured as like the coffee in this movie (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah it's amazing yeah we did an episode of it earlier in the year covering both of them your name weathering with you Mm -hmm. which we saw at the cinema and i remember seeing there was like the mcdonald's being sponsored as as part of weathering with you and that mcdonald's burger never looked so good There's just something about anime food that is so, yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah. And Ghibli does that quite well. Yes. On yeah. its own part, yeah. So, with the name Pompoko, do you actually know what that means in terms of a... I do know what Pompoko means. So, <laughs> Pompoko is actually an onomatopoeia. Mm-hmm. And besides having large testicles, Tanuki also have large tummies. Oh. Yeah, we noticed and... that in animation, yeah. <laughs> They, I don't know, do you remember the part where they were playing rock, paper, scissors, like with yes. their tummy yes. and things and like, yeah. and like banging on their tummies? So that's actually, I, I, I wrote it down here. It's called Tanuki Bayashi. Mm-hmm. And in the night, like Tanuki loved to trick people. And so at night they beat on their tummies like a drum. 
and like disorient people <laughs> who are traveling or just like to scare people or just mess with people. And the onomatopoeia for that sound of the tanuki bayashi is pompoko. Uh, okay, right. That's oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, mm -hmm. did, kind of like a drum. Yeah, belly drum almost. Noise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did wonder because because obviously there's parts in the film where it says like Pom Poco fifteenth of, of whatever year we're in. I thought it was like maybe was it a place that they were in or a prefecture they were in. I don't know if that's. So the beginning it says Heisei. Yeah. Um, and Heisei is the era that we were just in. So, for example, so I was born in 1992, and that's Hey Say 4. Fame! <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> so, you are a Hey Say Ninen. So, hey, you that's... Sorry, Yonen. Hey Say Yonen, not Ninen. Yonen. I'm Yonen. You're Yonen. Sorry. Amazing. So here in Japan, they... Of course, they go by like 1992, like 2020, things like that. But the there's also era names. So the era is decided by the emperor that is ruling at the time. So I don't know if you know anything about what just happened two years ago, but the previous emperor abdicated and gave the throne to his son. And for the last, it was like, oh, goodness, it was... 30 years long. And then now we're in Dewa, the second year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it changed when the emperor changed. Were we in Japan when that happened? Oh, there was some kind of kind of Yeah, some political emotion. thing was, was happening then. Uh, our tour guide hero, he said um, there was something mm -hmm. they were waiting on announcement of whether whether it was to do with that or it was like a... Was well, it was to do with the name. Um, so I think, I don't know if it was like... So it will have been obviously to... April 2019 so I don't know if you remember if anything occurred around yeah that. so April 2019 you guys were in, here in April so definitely there would have been a lot of chatter about what is the new era name gonna be right yeah because it's like a big there's like a whole like committee that's formed of all of these people to decide what the era name is going to be and it's a huge deal and Everybody like waits with bated breath to figure out what the new era name is going to be because it doesn't happen very often. And yeah, so you guys would have been here a month before it was decided. Yeah, that sounds about right. Then. That yeah. does sound yeah, about right. Yeah, because I remember it kind of being really important. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you did mention certain things that it could possibly be, but mm -hmm. obviously they weren't sure until the final decision had been had been made. Yeah. But it, yeah do love the history of Japan for that reason. They do get so absorbed in these kinds of things. Like we've got, the UK has got massive history and culture. However, I don't feel we value it as much no. as we should, I think sometimes. And I think that's the thing with, it's kind of that culture still is within Japan. Very and much ingrained yeah. within the culture, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Which is really fun and exciting. There's like yeah. new stuff all the time. So <laughs> poor Rin, I'm like, what is this? What is this? He's like, Taya, I don't know what this <laughs> is. <laughs> it's funny. Do you have any particular favorite Tanuki from watching the film this time around or? My favorite Tanuki from the film is I the the big mama, the boss lady. Yeah. Uh Oroku? Oroku, I think yeah, is her think name. Orotu, I think I wrote down. Yeah. 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 She is so cool and I love her so much. And she is just a boss. Yeah. And uh, actually, one of the parts um that I remember I wrote down. Yeah. Um, so there's a part when Oroku is teaching the rest of the Tanuki about humans. And the funny thing about that is, is that's actually a legend written by humans to teach people how to deal with tanuki. Oh, right. <laughs> that's so isn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> Bringing that to light, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> so interesting. So I love her. She's super cool. And I think she's like one of the only ones who's got 
her head solidly on her shoulders like we don't have to fight we need to work together yeah I love the first part where she kind of the opening scene where she comes in and obviously they're all fighting against one another yeah. and she's and then, banging the drum off yeah, yeah. Like to up. yeah. <laughs> and she's so powerful with the way that she's saying all these things like really it's kind of highlighting war in a sense is there's no point in it because no one's going to win in the end if somebody one of your loved ones dies or anything like that yeah he's still going to lose something. So you're not benefiting really from doing this. Really impactful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I love her. She's so great. <laughs> She's my favorite. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are your favorite characters from the from the movie? Yeah, um, I think I did like uh, Shokichi, I think is the... the, the, uh, the, the Shokichi. Yeah, the lead one. He doesn't seem to have a... You know, the other ones seem to have like coats or scarves that sort of define them a little bit more, but he's quite neutral in the way he mm. looks but you still kind of he's got that presence of like you know who that's him and he's the lead i guess you yeah. call him mm. and the way that he's develops this interest with one of the female tanuki um <laughs> and I like how the fact that you know they're saying like oh i've almost been abstinent of not doing it until the the war is or the they've claimed the land back but then yeah. almost like two seconds later they start getting down to it and then before long they've had <laughs> kids and it's like yep yeah, that's 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 sort of life isn't it you can't plan too much yeah. and things exactly. happen <laughs> and the the cool thing about shokichi's name is in japan during uh, the new year there's three days in the new year where you're supposed to go to a shrine or a temple and get your omikuji for the year which and omikuji means your fortune and there's different levels of luck. I think there's seven levels of luck that you can get. And Shokichi is actually one of the levels of luck that you can get. It's small luck. <laughs> okay. Nice to know that. I love, I love all of these kind of things where you, you find things out like this. Mm-hmm. Like our new year is not that great, really. We just do fireworks. And, that's and it, yeah. you kind of have a party and then that's that's about it. And then, oh, okay, everyone's probably hung over going into yeah. the new year. <laughs> that is pretty much the yeah. basic of it. There's no kind of tradition behind it. Whereas I would rather have... What you guys... Yeah, have, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Super cool. I love it. And I'm always learning new things all the time about Japanese culture, obviously from Rin and his family. So it's super fun. It's really great. And I love it so much. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a favorite? Um, I think probably it was the um, same lady as PK. Um, The only thing I think would be for me, there was one that I didn't like. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. remember his name. is the one with the red yeah um, Gonter I think he was called yeah Yeah. he was the one where the troublesome one he just wanted to kind of fight fire with fire he was just so adamant of getting back at the humans yeah Yeah. instead of trying to adapt and adjust he just had such hate in him towards humans and I I can understand why yeah but I think he just wasn't approaching it the right way and I think he kind of didn't in the end lead quite a few deaths yeah. I think in the yeah, end didn't I think, get we, I think, over. yeah I think he ended up dying didn't he with one of the because he transformed into like a big head and then the, a truck came along and mm-hmm. cut through him and then they all just end up yeah. done, dead on the road it's a bit sad yeah, yeah. it's so gruesome yeah <laughs> Not too much blood, which I guess is understandable for the rating that the film is. So mm. it can be. Yeah, right. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So and then obviously at the, the very end, when obviously everybody's doing the thing like being living in the human world and everything, some of them can't and they're back to their animalistic forms. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Shokichi then he's walking down as a human one night and then I guess he sees some of his oh. friends go through the thing and then he's like, right, I'm going to just. I was going to hang out with him for a little bit because he got back to, his, back to his roots. I think that's quite yeah. a nice little thing to do. He's like, don't forget who you are, who you were initially. You know, you might have changed paths, but you know, you go back to your roots and that's quite a nice little mm-hmm. message. Right. That's a tearjerker. That one got me. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that they should have done it sooner. So like the fact is like, as them being humans, they could know that obviously bring food in for them they wouldn't have to be struggling as much so you're kind of looking after their own you just thought maybe but I think maybe now that bit at the end that tear joke makes you think for me anyways that 
that support is there the humans that can transform Mm -hmm. can go out and kind of provide for the ones that have lost that ability to be able to do that it does I I think the ending for me was more where I understood and yeah because there was a lot of in-depthness and especially at the beginning when I was thinking there were just raccoons that could pull the testicles and I was like I really don't understand (laughs) I don't understand the concept at all (laughs) (laughs) balls and raccoons what's happening yeah Yeah. (laughs) so I'd even got the concept wrong completely but then in the end it is definitely a tear jerker it makes you feel quite humble and connected to Mm -hmm. life and nature and you should actually appreciate what you've got on your front front door a little bit yeah yeah Yeah, we shouldn't keep a bit of yeah we can adapt and grow as people but still keep some of that nice greenery that we've got in the the nature in the thing to not forget about that but and then Mm. there's obviously that little fourth wall breaking bit at the end just before the credits roll it sounds like I don't know. people stop being you know you know animals have rights to almost kind of thing you know mm. forget about them yeah it's one of the things i really like about living where i do um so shikoku is really countryside mm-hmm. and it's actually called the land of tanuki from mm-hmm. time to time from like the og like the old people there they still refer to it yeah. as that because we have a lot of shrines and temples dedicated to, to Tanuki because they used to be worshipped as gods. And um, they're just in front of the city hall in my city is a shrine dedicated to one particular Tanuki who helped a clan during the Warring States period. So there's a clan called the Tyra and she looked after that clan when they were going to war during the warring states period and people still leave her like giant bottles of sake and food and things like that it's really cool it's super cool i love that about the place that i live yeah yeah. Yeah. so that was brought up i remember in the film as well they kind of made a point of that that one of them when, when they brought other people in from Shikoku, that there was, mm-hmm. and they mentioned about, oh, if if there everybody worships, so there's no 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 grievance with the thing. They kind of just as soon as they see Tanuki, they kind of like very much bowing yeah. to them and everything. That so they're very much more rather than in Tokyo where it's all just tower buildings and everything, just no no respect for the environment, which is yeah yeah, and it's still it holds true to today. Mm. Yeah yeah, very much so. It really does. I love it. <laughs> okay, I think we'll go to the rating now if you're oh. ready to do that. So okay. We do it out of one to ten, obviously ten being the highest, one being really poor and you never want to see it again. Which I am <laughs> kind of doubting that that's going to be the case. No, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, by the way, you can do point fives as well. You don't have to be okay. on the, the single figure. Excellent. I would give it, I would honestly give it like a nine. <laughs> I think maybe because I, I have a, a, such a connection to it, living where I live and knowing the background and loving Tanuki as much as I do. I think it's such an accurate representation of what Tanuki have been and what they are today. And I love the artwork. I love Ghibli. Like, Isao, the director for this one, he, he holds a special place in my heart. Like, so I would have to definitely give it a nine, like a solid nine. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> very, very good. I will go one below you with an eight for my choice. It's very good. Obviously, it's not my absolute favorite Ghibli, but I definitely mm-hmm. will. I was like, I've got it on disc now, so I'll good one to go back to mm-hmm. and rewatch. So the re- rewatchability in terms of learning about the culture and thing, and also checking if there's any more Ghibli cameos in that little thing. <laughs> and that was, the sequence with the um, parade is just fantastic. The way that, you know, the creativity in that is uh, amazing. And also with all just the transformation they do for all the other points as well, with the turn to statues and things like that, it's just really, really cool. Yeah, and the message across is quite a strong one as well. Mm. And so and quite important. So uh, yeah, I do recommend this for people to check out from regular stuff from your Totoros and your Ponyos, Ponyos and, and stuff like that. So yeah, don't... Totoros, your Ponyos, yeah. your... Yeah. 
Stento Cheetos. <laughs> Hundred percent. So I think I would have been quite close to an eight. Yeah. However, talking to Taya, I feel like she has convinced me a little bit to mark this higher, <laughs> just because I understand it more. So first of all, I was thinking big balls with raccoons, which I'm completely wrong. Um, so ill-educated a little bit. <laughs> However, understanding the concept behind it, the tradition, that kind of she really has absorbed you've really given me the love for it and you've helped me understand it massively so I think the characters are quite strong I think you do get some lovely characters within it the animation well we all know yes. it's beautiful yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a no-brainer <laughs> yeah, yeah. also the fact that we saw these little Japanese statues and we didn't know what they are and now we do yeah. I feel like that's yeah. kind of a little bit of a completion tick for me because yeah. I've been wanting to know yeah. and understand it and that means the world to me to know now even though I didn't get it when I was there at least I understand it no. now yeah <laughs> <laughs> so if we go back we know we can like oh there's one yeah, yeah. yeah. That can... I a of it and I thought it was so cute but <laughs> the relevance and the meaning behind it wasn't there for me also linking animal crossing as well which i absolutely adore and um, i've been playing yeah. animal crossing since a little girl i've love it to bits so i am definitely going in the middle of you two i'm going to go in 8.5 and it is definitely a strong 8.5 <laughs> it probably would be a nine um just because of the love that you have oozed into me to really enjoy <laughs> this film <laughs> i think it's definitely now after speaking I want to go back, um, not straight away, yeah. but and rewatch it. <laughs> yeah, it's two hours. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and rewatch it and understand it to its fullest. Full potential, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome, yes. Yay! I, I feel like my job is a, like accomplished. Yes. My little teacher heart is so happy. I have educated and, and helped you love Tanuki as much as I do. <laughs> Definitely have. Very much so, yeah. <laughs> so thank you yeah, so much, much for yeah, all your so knowledge. Much. You're an amazing to talk to, and yeah, you, it's been a lot of fun as well. Yeah, yeah, I've you've been brilliant. I've loved Japan and I've loved the culture, and you kind of educating has been our little tour guide again for the day. It feels <laughs> <laughs> your virtual Zoom tour guide. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much, Taya, for joining us on this episode. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? I know you've got your Instagram, but is there anything else, anywhere else people can find you or is it just there for the episodes? Pretty much Instagram for my podcast, For the Love of History. I, I, I'm trying Twitter, but I'm so bad at it. Um, yeah, don't worry about it. It's, it's, yeah, I, I'm awful. There is a Facebook page, but pretty much everything that's on Instagram goes straight to the Facebook page yeah. anyways. So the main place to find everything is on Instagram. I post all of the relevant pictures and everything on there. I keep the stories on there. So if you, if there's any new listeners out there who want to go listen to the Tanuki episode or the Yokai episode or anything, there's uh, the pictures on there on the Instagram anyways that you can always find. So yeah. Yeah. And then you can find you on the Spotify and iTunes and all that good stuff. Yeah. Everywhere that you obtain your podcast, you can find me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And of course, that goes for the same with us as well. So we're on, you know, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you podcast from. And then, you know, of course, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, if you search SP Film Viewers. Also, I'd like to say we've actually got a little merch store we've set up now on T Public. <laughs> is the place you can find us so if you search for us i'll probably put a link on the uh, the page or something like that in the description but obviously if you just want to search sp film viewers on tpublic.com then you can find uh, some signs so you can get like t-shirts you can get banners you can get masks you know for, <laughs> really oh, like, with the times very appropriate <laughs> so, yeah. so you can find some of the thing it's just the the logo for now but we'll come up with some other designs later down the line but just for preliminary start of the things so as it just launched we can find us there so yeah yay <laughs> i <love> t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> 
So thank you very much for joining us, Taya, once again. Yeah, it's going to be late in your evening now, isn't it? So thank you so much. If you ever want to do this again, mm. I will chew your ear off like I have done already <laughs> for like two hours. 100 percent ready for it. <laughs> any films you've got? Any other Ghiblis or anything like that under or your belt? Anime thing, yeah. Any anime, anything Japanese? Just let Reach us out know. To us and yeah, yeah, we'll do this again sometime. Yeah. I'm a big fan of all of the animes, so uh, you just let me know. (laughs) Sounds like a plan. So thank you everyone for listening, and I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please check out Taya. She's brilliant, and I am going to be literally doing some homework and learning everything I need to know about Japan, because she is the girl that you need to talk to. So hope you've enjoyed it, and thank you. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. Bye. 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 (laughs)